The following program contains mature language and spoilers. Listener discretion advised. Welcome to the Marvel Superheroes Podcast. I'm Illegal Machine, and with me is... Joe Fixit. And... Diablo Frank. Marvel Universe Live. Witness your favorite Marvel superheroes as they come to life in a mission to save the universe. Get ready for this original, explosive, stunt-filled, live-action event. Marvel Universe Live. <laughs> Uh, real quick, so went to the Marvel Live. I'm pretty sure Bendis wrote the dialogue because it felt like Bendis writing. Were they talking back and forth? Oh, dude, it was fucking horrific. Oh, my, my little ones loved it, dude. They're like, ah, it's Iron Man. I'm like, yes, it's Iron Man. The sad part is, and I took a picture. They they go this thing where they Does it look like the commercials? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 if you look at it, dude, it's a play for children. Sure. When you break it down, if I was a 10-year-old and I went to go see a play, that's the fucking play I want to see. I don't want to see La Miserable. I want to see Marvel Universe. So it was great for that. So my little ones loved it. I thought it was interesting. I was watching it. The thing How long is, was it? Well, that's the part. So it's supposed to be, I guess, an hour and a half long. So there's a scene where, like, the, the Avengers break up into three teams, and one team goes after AIM, another one after HYDRA, and then another... Oh, the Sinister Six. Are they actually the Beekeeper Six? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, they do that. Oh, cool. But see, so there's, so it's Hawkeye. They could Hawkeye totally copped out on that too, and just made them look like ninjas or something. Right. Shit. Oh yeah, no, no, no. They did the whole the helmets, dude. The, the whole bee suits. It was Hawkeye, Captain Marvel, the girl, Captain someone, Marvel. yeah, Captain Marvel, the female character. So they're fighting the beekeepers, right? So I'm watching them, and they're doing that, like, bah, pow. And so I'm watching it, and there's a part where Hawkeye launches through arrows, and they're supposed to have, I think, three beekeepers fall. But you can see the big padding. So as, as you see them fall, I saw poom poom, and then the guy went like, I was like, oh, I guess the padding must be off to the side. So as soon as the fight's over, they're like, ladies and gentlemen, will you please not stand up and know that we have the best in the medical care for our. And I'm like, oh, oh, what? Shit. what? I'm like, what? To the latest on that accident at the Marvel Comics live show, a performer was taken to the hospital. Channel 2's Anusha Rasta joins us live from NRG. So, Anusha, what have you learned? Well, we uh, don't have an update on the actor's condition, but we do know that people who saw the accident say it seemed like he was going to be okay. An action-packed superhero show, complete with flashing lights, fancy special effects, and dramatic stunts, came to a halt on Sunday when one of the performing characters got hurt. This generic villain, he fell down and missed the crash pad. A spokesperson for the Marvel Universe live show sent us a statement about it saying, quote, the situation resulted in a halt in the performance for approximately 20 minutes, during which time medical care professionals tended to the performer and transported him to a local hospital. And we have the best medical care and the lights come out and they're surrounding the stage and there's a dude laying out. <laughs> No, he survived. He gave us a thumbs up. We waited an hour, dude. They were like rushing shit out there. At one point, they went like with a flat board. It took an hour for them to get the guy out of there? About 55, 50 minutes to an hour, dude. Because, dude, okay, the padding is this big brown padding here. 
He missed the complaint, dude. Hit number floor, dude. Oh. Back first. Because they all did this thing where he like, you saw Hawkeye go fire. And I just happened to be looking at Hawkeye. I was watching Hawkeye. No one else on the stage was like, I gave a shit about. He launches it. And they all like, they all, oh, they jump off. And you see, boom, boom, snap. And I'm thinking, well, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I guess I can't see the padding from where we're at. And so I took a picture of it because I was like, if we ever have to throw it up there, it's not a great picture, but you can see the wheelchair in the background where at one uh, point, yeah. at one point, they were going to wheel him off of the wheelchair. And then people were starting to take pictures when they were trying to lift him up. And I was going to do the same thing until I heard someone say, that's fucking low class. He's hurt. And I'm like, yeah, let me put my camera down real quick. I don't want to get that guy too. Uh, but you can kind of make up. This episode will probably be late because I don't have anything together and I'm fucking around with you guys today instead of anything. But I want to wait to make sure this guy isn't fucking dead or permanently paralyzed before I throw the, us laughing at his misfortune up on the web. <laughs> so my brother-in-law went on yesterday, okay? So this was the conversation we had. You tell me if this sounds accurate. This is a text conversation. A text conversation. So he says, first he, he sent me a picture of it, and he says, don't be jelly, right? So I asked him if it was any good. He said, it hasn't begun. So then I get this text about 40 minutes later, been written for seven-year-olds. <laughs> I was like, ha, oh, well. Then he says, kind of corny. And then he says, okay, combine WWF, Supercross, and lame fireworks, and that's what it was like. Would you agree that that's yes, a good Absolutely. <laughs> And they had, they had, it was so funny because they had electric motorcycles, but there's like they have the sound system for Harley, so it's like, and I'm like, there's nine bikes and they're all making one sound. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's I'm telling you, dude, when I sat there because when I the tickets were given to me, they're like, hey, can you take the boys? I'm like, yeah, I'll take them. What no big deal? I go and I'm thinking, is it gonna be really ridden for me or the, I already had that kind of. You wanted to know it was I not kind of had that. That's such a valid question because a lot of those I mean, Pixar kids movies are, are written as much for the adults as it is for the kids. See, and, so, and the kids just don't get it. Yeah, okay. and so I was thinking, you know, it'd be really nice if Nick Spencer wrote the story to this because I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the Superior Spider-Man folks stuff. I'm like, they'd be really funny. And I want to say about 20 minutes in, you're like, it's okay, team. We'll be fine. And I'm just like, oh, my <laughs> God. So even at some point, even the kids are kind of like, like, it's just really bad dialogue. It's it's those kid comics written and then performed. And it really is. There's so so then the pyrotechnics aren't even any good? Like he said it was lame fireworks. Is it I mean, they like do shit fireworks? like Killian lights up some whips and he's fighting with them. And there's a part where he's on fire. And and uh, for some reason, every time Thor fought, he was behind something. So you could do a, a, like a electricity and he's slamming shit. Um I mean, if for kids, I mean, I was entertained. It wasn't like, oh my god, this is so fucking. Well, it probably would help if we hadn't broken up for an hour and watched some poor guy get pulled <laughs> out of the fucking. Actually, room. that was actually the highlight. I was kind of like, looking <laughs> oh. at this. Let's, let's see what's happening. Is he going to go with him? Uh, yeah, because that, that was the interesting part. Because people were kind of shocked. They're like, why is it like? Is it over? Is it over? Because there's intermission. We missed the first few minutes of it. Um, but if you were going to take a child to a play, perfect. Dude. Like the mm-hmm. kids loved it. I'm just looking to see if anybody posted any good pictures. Yeah, Fix It was there. He saw it all. Dude, that guy hit that shit hard, too. Mm-hmm. When I saw him, he hit that ground. Yeah. But I, but the, And the thing is, like, and that's what I explained to the boys. I'm like, you have to understand, this is dangerous. Like, It's not fake. Like, They can get hurt. Because they were falling. It must have been at least 15, 20 feet up. Because mm-hmm. they're falling off a platform. Yeah. And they're firing guns at capping them. So I'm like... You know, I mean, it just sucks that he missed that fucking big yeah, cushion yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, that is the fucking last show in town, too, isn't it? What's well, four o'clock. Four o'clock. Yeah. yeah, there's one going on right now. He won't be at that show. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be performing live at <laughs> Indy Anderson. 
<laughs> but they, and, you know, we gave like the boys were like, when, you know, of course when they picked them up and he gave a thumbs up, everybody starts clapping. They're like, do we have to clap? I'm like, yes, you clap. He oh, he suffered for you. <laughs> he suffered for his arm. They so played Tony Stark as a dick, dude. Like, oh, yeah. so, uh, but he's like not a dick, dick, like a cool dick. He's more like an asshole. Uh huh. I was just like, there's oh. a fine line between Robert Downey Jr. and an asshole. Oh yeah, He's oh, got, dude, you gotta have that good. in the charisma, but the, oh, with no. the dry humor, or it comes off. No, no, dude, it was way over. Then dude, it was. I mean, he came off as a dick. There's is one part where he keeps calling everybody his sidekicks, and they want to kick his ass for it. And I'm just like, and they a lot of Wolverine like and screaming and whipping out his claws. I'm just like. Okay. I'm kind of surprised that they're still using Wolverine and shit like that. I really think they're, but, they've been downplaying those connections so much in recent years. But then I have to say this. Marvel is killing DC, dude. About what? As far as what? Okay. You got the movies. You got the comics. Dude, this shit, as much as I make fun of it, dude, was 80 to 85% full. Mm-hmm. Full of On children. a Sunday morning, being against Sunday Jesus Christ dude, in the Bible yeah. Belt. Yes. Yes. On a Sunday morning. Not only that, the tickets are about 35 bucks a pop. So there's four tickets. That's what one forty that we spent for tickets, and then I spent another almost fifty bucks for two fucking snow cones and a bag of fucking cotton candy that came with a cap. Now, granted, it's kind of cool if you buy cotton candy. It comes with this little foam mask, so you can get Cap, oh. Iron Man, Hulk. So even like, that encourages you to get one of them. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. ten bucks is not bad because my little one was. No, he put that cap on and he spent the rest of the fucking time jumping over the chairs. Right. And then I bought the boys snow it's cones. Magic. That's a that's a memory that kid will have for the rest. Oh of the yeah. Time. And then of course they got the Spider Man mugs that you know the head pops up. You can eat your snow cone on. Oh like spoon yeah. Slash straw. But Marvel does this cool thing now where they give you a card and it says our souvenirs are covered for two years. So if the souvenir breaks in the next two years. You apparently just send them the broken uh, souvenir, and they'll send you a new souvenir. I thought that was pretty fucking that's impressive. Pretty cool, I even told yeah. the guy, dude, that's very impressive. He goes, he goes, all our souvenirs are covered that way. Here, yeah, that's smart. smart. Very smart. smart. Yeah, that's smart. Because but most people aren't going to go through the trouble of trying to redeem yeah, it. Exactly. But if you want to, if it's that meaningful to you, knowing that you got that as a backup, it's pretty fucking well, comforting. To me, it was like it was just kind of cool to hear that a company would do that, like. Hey, we know you just spent twenty bucks for this cup. If it breaks, we'll give you another one. I was like, dude, that was cool as hell. Yeah. And then I mean, it was, it was like I said, the show was for kids, and you heard the kids; they were loving it, dude. All around us, kids were running around, and when the Hulk appeared, they all start screaming. When Wolverine's doing this snip, snip, cut, cut, they're all fucking freaking out. So it was cool. I, I like I said, I, I went there more. I knew they would enjoy it more than I did, but sure. still, I mean, it's. Now, you saw a lot of dudes, like, in the full Marvel gear. Like, I dressed up a little bit. Dude, there was guys in costumes. Like, I saw yeah. two caps. I saw a couple of Wolverines. Like, these are the dads with their kids. Almost every kid was dressed as some kind of character. So, I thought it was kind of neat. Well, I mean, I've been driving by these billboards all month for, for the show. And I look oh, yeah, at it, it. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah. I've heard people talking it. about it. You're the second person I know that's going through it. And my oh, job, yeah. one of the guys asked me about it. You going to those experience? Like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Well, I can't explain to me what the hell he's like. I, I had a lot of guy friends and their girlfriends took them to it yesterday for Valentine's Day. Like, oh, yeah, God. my chick's taking okay. it for oh. I was just kind of like, well, that's kind of cool. Let me know how that works out. I mean, I knew I was going on a Sunday. Um, but still, that's kind of cool to do something different like that. So, like I said, I would probably not go see it again. But you're happy you got to see it the one time. Yeah. Scott, I need you to be the Ant-Man. Huh. Yeah. Real quick, too. Uh, 
So I bought the Marvel Legos on the cheap, mm-hmm. and so I've been playing it. Cause I got oh, the video game. Yeah, the video game. Okay. It's actually pretty fun, and they throw a lot of great Easter eggs mm-hmm. of, like, comic stuff in there. So I've been playing as Iron Man quite a bit. He's probably the best character. Yeah. They, like, all kinds He's of the most popular Marvel character. What the fuck? I know, dude. Mac, what the I've fuck? I've been telling you for 20 years, bitches. I've been telling you. <laughs> it's his yeah. time. He's peaking. He's peaking. <laughs> well, it's like they, I, I saw the other day they have a Hot Wheels coming out where it's the Age of Ultron Hot Wheels. And it's supposed to be an Avengers Hot Wheels play set. But what it is is there's a giant Ultron with his hands out, and he's on top of uh, Avengers Tower. And you only get the one car, and, of course, it's the Iron Man car, which connects to an Iron Man colored shooter, yellow and red. And then you fire the car, and if it moves fast enough, then it can knock Ultron around from his arms and then come back to the other side. So it's an Avengers playset, but the only characters really are Iron Man and Ultron. Mm-hmm. And the whole the, the the color scheme is all red and yellow, with the exception of Ultron and Avengers Tower. See, I've kind of done with like what you're doing. I'm doing a lockdown. I don't want to know anything more because I've I've seen so much of it already. I'm just like I don't know. I've seen the preview, the 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 clip for too many times, where it's kind of like uh-huh, I'm I'm starting to hurt. I, I still like the trailer. Eh, what do you think of the Ant Man trailer? Um, I you know for you I just, save this and then we can talk about that. Uh, well, if I can use it for anything, I'll stick it in there somewhere. Oh, I'm sorry. I want to put an underline under something right quick. That is not a trailer. That is a teaser. No teaser. Yeah. And so many yeah. people have fucking jumped on that shit and talked so much good. shit. It's just I know it's not good. It's not great. But it's just but, it's, not even, it's not even a trailer though. It's just a teaser. I remember I told you I don't like Paul Rudd. Did you watch that teaser and think for a second maybe Mac might be right about this? No. Because there was no Paul Rudd charisma. He's going to replace Tony Stark. He's going to be the... He didn't talk. Oh, he came out with oh, a yes, he did. He didn't he fucking talk. There's, I'm telling you, he man. said He said two lines. Huh? No. And can, uh, is it too late to change the name? That's the only fucking shit he said in the entire trailer. Everything else is Michael Douglas. Dude, I think I'm he's not going to replace no. Robert Downey. He's not going to have that charisma, that likable... You don't know yeah, that I'm yet. The guy I'm, hasn't I'm fucking talked yet. Hey, bitch, I'm calling my shot, bitch. That's what okay. I'm doing. Okay. You're recording this. I'm calling my shot. Okay. He's not going to be – you're thinking, oh, Paul Rudd, he's, he's going to be a likable doofus or whatever. Uh, I don't think he's a doofus. I think that I think he's actually drugged you know or something. I, mean? you know I, I think he's going to be an asshole. Not, no, yeah, me too. I don't think he's going to be an asshole. I think he's, in a, he's just going to be like grating. He's going to be grating to the audience, and it's not going to come off the way you think it's going to You know what I think Paul Rudd's going to be in that movie? I think he's going to be fucking – uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's what I think Robert Downey yeah. That's who he's going to be in that movie. And just so you know, we had a sick night in my house, so we watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man 3 back to back. It's the same fucking story. Yeah, except Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a really fucking good movie. Yeah, dialogue. And, and, and what villain are we going to cast uh, Val Kilmer as? Right, right. But, but all dialogue in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang makes sense. Yeah. All dialogue in an Iron Man 3 action movie? What's going to work? It was weird. Oh, I actually, it just so happens that it it came on. I was was getting ready to come over here, right? And I saw Robert Downey Jr. on screen. He looked like Tony Stark, but I didn't recognize the scene. And Paquita has watched Iron Man 1 and 2 and Avengers so many times. It's at the point now where I I could recognize a scene just from a quick image. So at first I'm like, wait, maybe that's a different Robert Downey Jr. movie. And then I realized, oh, this must be from Iron Man 3 because I only ever watched that movie one fucking time. And nobody else in my household has watched that movie more than the one time. And so she had it on for about five or ten minutes, and they showed the scene where Tony gives his address out, and then the helicopters come to blow up his house, and a missile is shot into his house, and all that happens is everybody kind of just goes flying, but nobody's actually hurt. 
because of the fucking slapstick comedy, apparently. Yeah. And then he's able, in the midst of falling backwards from a missile strike, to command his armor to jump on his girlfriend. Yeah, go. You keep going. It's good. It's better. Keep going. <laughs> well, no, because that's the part where we both just stopped watching and turned the channel because it was so fucking stupid that I couldn't even tolerate watching any more of it. But that's oh, what yeah. you get when you have a non-comic book writer try to write a comic book movie. Shane Black wrote a Shane Black movie, and he didn't try a particularly good one. This is not uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. This is not the first couple of Lethal Weapons. This is fucking not Last better. Boy Scout kind of shit. Actually, sub Last Boy Scout kind of shit. Yeah. I mean, we watched it and... But, but Val Kilmer like is... What do you think? Kang? Val Kilmer is Kang? He's, yeah. lost, he's lost a lot of fucking weight. Have you seen him lately? He's actually skinny now. Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer probably got seen... I'm wait, so used wait, to wait. Fat Kilmer at this point that... Wait, does he have to be an Iron Man villain? No! He'd be in the makeup, right? Yeah, he's probably going to be. In the, he's he's kind of old. He's probably going to want to put some makeup on, unless he's just wanting It'd to show be off. Super creepy as Kang. I kind of like yeah. Kang maybe being yeah, creepy. Yeah, I like that too. Well, because uh, one thing uh, I talked to somebody else about was that Marvel Studios could use a Doctor Doom style villain, but they don't actually have the rights to Doctor Doom. So why couldn't you just make Kang, Kang Doctor Doom? Yeah. yeah, for real. Yeah, well, that is Doctor Doom, ain't it? Like a descendant of his. Well, that's something. Yeah, yeah that kind of came up. Who fucking knows? There's no one involved. What What did Kurt Busiek say? He's kind of like the final authority on that shit. No. Clue. Loki's gonna keep this fight focused on us, and that's what we need. Without him, these things could run wild. We got Stark up top. <coughs> I just did 80% of your job. Huh? That, that's how you would pay me? This could have gotten a lot worse. I've seen worse. I'm sorry. No, we could use a little worse. So, what do we think about uh, Spider Man? I'm really fucking pissed off at Spider-Man. Yeah, baby, bring him back, bring him into the fold. You're happy about this shit? I'm yeah. so, I'm so fucking angry about so that. Really? Yes, I'm fucking yes. mad. Why? Because so, they're back at Panthers getting pushed back eight months uh, for goddamn yeah, Spider-Man. For stupid Spider-Man. They're gonna so they can tell a stupid Spider-Man. They're, so they're gonna take all the story. You know, they have this timeline all built out. They're fucking up the whole timeline to fit Spider. They're gonna fucking fit Spider-Man into all the stupid shit. It's and, and that's so that's the that yeah, was a great thing about. That's the thing we were so pissed off about the DC when they're trying to wedge all this shit into one movie, and now they're gonna try to wedge Spider-Man into every fucking movie. Yeah. So now Civil War, it's gonna be Cap and Iron Man. Nope, I guarantee they're gonna try and get Spider-Man in there. Oh yeah, and fucking uh, Infinity War it was gonna be Avengers and Cap and Thor. Now we're gonna try and get Spider-Man in there. I, it's just you gotta fucking steal the spotlight. Stupid. It's yeah. so and that's what's so great about having the X-Men sold off and Spider-Man sold yeah. off is that you get to take out Black Panther. We got to make Black Panther a big time character. Now, I guarantee Cause they, you. Because they, they, they don't have a Batman. They, they get Black Panther and they've got a Batman. Ant-Man was going to be Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Now they got Spider-Man. So what so do they need Paul Rudd for? for? Paul Rudd for? What do they need? In fact, they probably would have rather had Paul Rudd be Peter Parker. And now it's He's just, a little old for that, you know, I think. Well, it depends on when you Set start. It. Yeah, yeah whenever sure. you start it up at. So yeah, that's what pisses me off is now they're gonna, they're fucking up the whole timeline and all these characters. Now we got Spider Man there. Absolutely pisses me off. I hate Spider Man. So sick and tired of stupid Peter Peter Parker and his dumb nerd ass. I, I hate that guy. Well, I mean, I've seen five. Well, I haven't seen all of them, but there's been five fucking Spider Man movies in the last fifteen years. I haven't had a Black Panther movie. I don't want to wait eight goddamn months for a Black Panther movie to squeeze in the sixth fucking Spider-Man movie. It's the same problem I have with the Superman and Batman movies. I've seen those guys. I've seen those guys to death. I'm bored with those fucking guys. But the thing is, at this table, there's three guys. Only one of them is a Spider-Man fan. And you're the one who says you're happy about it. No, well, no I just want to see Spidey in there. I don't think it's going to be like 80% Spider-Man. I think he's going to be one of the back characters. It's going to be like You think Spider-Man's going to be a backup character? Yeah. You, you think, think they're going to treat Spider-Man like they're treating Hawkeye? Dude, he's going to get you his own... 
out of your mind, son. Dude, he's going to do one movie on his own, and he'll pop up in the other ones. I, hey, I, I hope so. I hope that he has I, one popular movie, and Sony's like, well, maybe we take him back again. And they start. I hope that's what's nah, like. I, I, that's I think this is going to be like, anytime Spidey shows up, Sony, you got to kick in some money for this movie so we can put more production into it. Because they're gonna be set. Because they still don't own the rights to Spidey. They can just use Spidey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, here's here's how it's working out. Okay, Marvel know Sony knows that they've got the one superhero. They've been trying to do Venom and Sinister Six, all this kind of shit. But they know they've got one superhero, and he's extremely popular. He's more popular apparently in throughout the world than anybody else. Nobody else touches Spider Man in terms of like global uh, penetration right now. Where everybody you go to the fucking bumfuck middle of nowhere in the world, they know who Spider Man is. They may not know who Superman is, they may not know who Batman is, but they know who Spider Man is. So somebody knows they've got the superhero, but that's all they've got because once you start trying to mine the Spider Man universe. There's not a lot there. And everybody's trying to build out these universes, and everybody's seen a bunch of Spider-Man movies already. So as much as they know that they've got a goose that lays golden eggs, it only lays it once every few years, and they can't seem to work out how to make it grow from there. And they're also competing with all these new Marvel movies, all these new DC movies, and everybody's feeling the pressure from that. So they cut this deal with Marvel, and one of the main things is that Kevin Feige, who's the head of Marvel, is going to get to be a producer on this Spider-Man movie. So he's going to get him a paycheck, so good for him. And he's also able to set it up to where uh, Sony won't be competing with a bunch of Marvel movies when they put out their Spider-Man. And the final thing that they get is that Marvel's going to consult with them so that when they make a Spider-Man movie, because it's still going to be a Sony movie, Marvel may be integrating Spider-Man into their universe for now. But they have no way of knowing how long that's going to last until mm-hmm. the contracts are signed. Even once the contracts are signed, I'm sure they're not going to be in perpetuity. There's going to be, a, there's going to be all kinds of reversions and such. So more than likely, we're going to get one Marvel Vision Spider-Man movie, and then Sony's just going to run with that, and this thing will probably end up getting dissolved. And maybe they'll be able to use Spider-Man stuff in the other movies. But I think that Matt's wrong in that it won't take over the Marvel movies. Good. Yeah, right. I don't think so. Because I want I, to be wrong. Right. I don't think it's going to take over the Marvel movies, but it is going to be a big distraction at a time where I really don't want them to be distracted. Because I want Civil War to be the best fucking movie. I want Fuck that, dude. I want Infinity. Oh. That's and, and, but, and that's the oh. one that I have the part of the most issue with. Because I don't really need – that score is going to be so difficult. So we're going to be juggling so many characters. And we're gonna that's what, 2018, right? Yeah. So And, and I don't think wow. that one's been impacted. I think it's just Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Miss Marvel. Marvel. I think they've been impacted. I have to go check. It doesn't matter. The, the only thing that matters to me is there's an eight-month backlog on, on Black Panther now. And, then, and I think Captain Marvel's got like a four month where the, she's been pushed back. How long do you think it takes them to do a Black Panther movie from start to finish? Well, it's not about how long it makes. No, 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 no. Just how long? How long? Most of these movies take what about three months? Not not counting the no, computer stuff. Long. I'm talking about the actual principal filming. Uh, Six weeks to three months, I would say, is a for principal so, filming. So you know, okay, look, there's no way to tell anymore because sometimes they ha- they have these guys they have to go into like martial arts training for six months before they right, start filming the right, movie. Right. So that's all uh, super. What's the word I'm looking for? Fluid. Right. Because starting in date of the movie is very Because cool. you have 2018 for Infinity, and they're trying to fit all these movies between that? Right. Wow, that's that's three years. How many Marvel movies in three years? Oh, yeah. You got well, Marvel. And they're not going to have Whedon for that either. So they, they're apparently going to have the guys who are doing Captain America. Which is fine. I mean, I thought the, I thought the yeah, cap was a really good movie. Except that there's going to be a Captain America movie next year, and then they're going to have to turn right around and go right into a two-movie Avengers deal. Because they're not just filming the one movie, they're filming two movies. I think Whedon will have some input, but I don't think he's going to be – I think he's burned out because even he said, like, it's just too much right. for one guy. And so what happens when they're trying to do a civil war and then roll that out into two Avengers movies back-to-back? 
filming. That's going to be a fucking tall ass order. And now they got to deal with all this Spider-Man bullshit. If Spider-Man's still in the, the in it, I, I, I really do believe Spidey's going to just make appearances. Like you said, there'll be a Sony Spider-Man movie, Marvel influence, so it's actually be a good story. I'm thinking until Sony takes it back and does whatever. And, and, and they, do as soon as Sony sees those big bucks, they're like, okay, well, we're going to take it back. But you can use Spidey limited, so he pops in. Well, and that's really the deal. And, and I can live with that. Like I Spidey hope, showing I hope up, that's it. I hope showing that's up in a stinger, I'm fine with. Spidey swinging well, into Spidey New York up here in one of the X Men movies, if you recall. They did yeah. actually shot a little cameo with him. I think it was just a joke, but they, there's some interaction there. At the point. Because like you still got the X Men movies, the Fantastic Four movie. What do you think about that trailer? Uh, okay, don't elaborate. Uh, the noise makes all the. All, all, it's it's weird because I know they're gonna try to do something different, which I I I, I applaud them for doing it, going in a different direction. At the same time, though, like we've had two really bad Fantastic three bad Fantastic Four movies come out. I'm including Corbin's in that one. Okay. Um. And, and I've and I've read enough. It's one. Of, that's one of those movies where I don't mind reading spoilers because I don't see myself rushing out to see it. That's gonna be a. Yeah. I'm off on a fucking Wednesday. Got right. nothing else to do. Might as well go to the movies and watch Fantastic Four. Um, and what I've read of the spoiler wise is just kind of it, it's very different, which is kind of intriguing. But at the same time, it's the Fantastic Four. Like I like them, but who gives a fuck? Like, well, it's it, funny because every time I try to say nobody gives a fuck about Fantastic Four, you chime in. I like the Hickman run. Well, and now, now you're like, well, nobody actually gives a fuck about Fantastic Four. No, 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 no. That's what we were trying to say. No, 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 no. Hickman run was fine, and and I I enjoyed his run on it. But it's like Johnny's black. I think his Sue Storm's gonna be adopted. Um, well, the, the, the one that we're all watching. Ben Grimm is like an egg. Doctor Doom's like a doxing internet. Yeah, player. that's the one that everybody's like, oh god, face foam. So. Yeah, and, and and is it gonna have that same feel? Because I've seen his other movie, Chronicle. Is it gonna have that same shaky camera? No, I don't think so. I think I, looking at you look at the trailer, he looks like a straight up sci-fi movie. It looks like kind of an old school. I mean, if it's just I mean, straight sci-fi, people are comparing it to Interstellar, but 2001: A Space Odyssey was in Interstellar's DNA. All that type of like more hard science. Science fiction movies. Wow. Yeah, it feels. That's what it feels like. I, 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 I'm, I'm intrigued. Intrigued enough that, like I said, if I, if we're not doing nothing, I'd be like, hey guys, there's nothing out. You want to see Fantastic Four? Yeah, I could see that. But. Well, and it's just like when you guys were bitching about Ant Man too. It's still a teaser. I know that it's kind of a bullshit distinction. Oh, I want to see it because it's almost like now at this point, teasers are the trailers from before they've got any of the good effects yeah. done. Yeah. So it's like this whimper, and and you have to give them like yeah. a, a break. Give them a break, guys. They're trying. They're not really together yet. This is sort of a, a rehearsal. We're watching the dress rehearsal for the trailer, but it is still just a teaser. So I, I don't like to pin too much on just the teaser it, it could be both of those movies could be much better than the teasers would make you think they're just i think that maybe the teasers are a bad idea at this point and see, I, 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 think, I think you have a point yeah. I, I think you have a point that maybe like maybe there's a reason why you're just teasing right now it's because mm -hmm. you don't have your shit together you don't have the footage so wait yeah well, i'm kind of and if it's like a leak then it leaks don't start a bad buzz yeah don't start a bad buzz because like man I won't, I won't lie right now i'm a little burned out on avengers stuff avengers 2 stuff like it's I'm so, not, so now. i'm so not burned out i'm, I'm fucking feeling like i'm really like, i just kind of wait for that fucking movie now i want to see they still haven't shown us the vision in action yet man i'm fucking but i'm just blue balls for this fucking movie guys i'm just like they keep showing the same stuff over and 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 I'm like, fine, fine. I get it. I get it. And I'm just, I, I, I don't know. It just kind of. I think that's that's why he's freaking out. It's because they keep showing this. They're like, oh, I knew 
Super Bowl trailer, and it's the same shit. And you know there are so many characters they haven't leaked that are going to appear in this movie, and we've seen, we see, we don't see a little flash of them. They're not showing us anything. Yeah. They're just showing Hulkbuster and Iron Man fight, and then Ultron limping out of an elevator. That's it. They keep showing oh, yeah. that, like, a variation. Yeah. They'll that show that first, and then show that last, and then show that first. <laughs> it's a new trailer. So <laughs> you know it's because there's, there's a limited amount of shit that, and, and we're, we're, well, I think they're trying to preserve the, the, the excitement too. But well, wait, he's showing it at midnight, things. right? We're going midnight. We'll have to see what happens. I mean, I, 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 when Avengers came out, I had to wait we a week or so. Fuck yeah, y'all saw Berman with those cocksuckers. Yeah, that was really good too. Fucking It's gonna win a lot of awards. I still want to see that fucking movie. It looks so good. It just popped up on. You were out of the state, man. What are you doing? The fuck? You could have waited. Could have recorded on your phone and sent it. Already waited. I did record on my phone. I didn't tell you. Because <laughs> I want to watch it, dude. I, I keep hearing. Okay, so I I use my mother as a gauge I think for you're general see, audiences. Like, look, you're already getting too hyped up about it, though. Really? Yeah. It, it's a good movie, but you go in there with as little expectations possible, just sort of let it wash over you. Well, I just want to. It's, it's got a vibe. I mean, literally, it's got like a jazz soundtrack in place for the majority of the. That's two of my favorite actors in it, dude. Like Michael Keaton. Dude, and, like, and, Norton, and, 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 and they're both really good. I, yeah, just so. Michael Keane, he did that. He did the. Although Ed Norton was also the worst part of the movie. He's right. the, one of the best parts, but he's also the worst part because yeah. his whole storyline with uh, um, Emma Stone, I could have done without. I hated that. Right. I hated uh, it. They excised that entire character and I'd have liked the movie better, to be honest. Yeah, I hated that whole yeah. scenario. And I, I love Emma Stone. I think she's great, but I just, I hated the whole the thing going on there. I just didn't care no, for it. It felt really cliche to me. Yeah. Don't, don't listen. Yeah, okay. So, like I said, I use my mother as a general audience. Like, what oh, how a movie will Remind me to tell you the original scripted ending to the movie, which was even better than the actual ending. Okay. But then tell me that after I see it. Cause I'll I know. Probably, that's I'll what I'm saying. I'll probably that's what I'm going to tell him and not I'm going to rent it. It's already on TV. So yeah, it's going to be on Redbox. Now. Yeah, yeah. it's like three bucks. I was going to rent it probably in the weekend. Um, so I got her to sit down, and I watched X-Men First Class and Days of Future Pass with her. And I was just trying to gauge. And she really <laughs> liked them a lot, where she's like, these are so much better than the other ones you made me watch. And I made her watch the other yeah. ones, and she hated them. She yeah. just thought they were bad. They're not very good when they, especially if you're going in there without a background with those characters. I don't think they're very strong movies. So. Well, I, I like the fact that because I just read that Vaughn was somehow his treatment of the story was going to take place in the eighties. Well, Apocalypse is supposed to take place in the eighties, is it? Yeah. Ah, oh, dude, neon colors. Yeah, well, because they're gonna they're gonna Mountain, have all Mountain the X Men as kids. Oh. Well, no, they're going to have all the the X-Men that we are familiar with as kids. Like young Scott, young Gene, all that kind of stuff. So, I, I haven't seen the last, like, four of those movies. So I yeah. just they're actually, Days of Future Pass is really good. I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, it, it is good. That. I didn't care for First Class. But first, I, like I, I like First Class because it's one of those cutesy, you know, they do the montage and they do all the very mm-hmm. cliche parts of movies. But it was still done. I don't know. It was fun. It was. It's just a fun movie. It's, it's, it doesn't take itself real serious. Even in the end, it's not real serious until the very end. But then Days of Future Past, like I, when I sat there watching it with my mother, I was really surprised how she's like, wow, who's this? And she, 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 my mother usually does not keep up very much with the movies where eventually in the movie, wait, what is this happening? What, what happened? And I, I get that mm-hmm. conversation with her. Nah, she's stuck with the movie the whole fucking way through. She's like, oh, so now they're in the future. That's where it's all twisted and dark. I'm like, uh, you, you got that, right? And I was like, oh, I'm shocked. Well, I think, too, what helped is that Brian Singer, when he did the first two movies, he's going in there as a, something of a neophyte himself. 
he hadn't done these big blockbuster action movies before. He wasn't a comic book fan. He had to get people to tell him who the X-Men were so he could figure out what he was going to do. Where by the time he's doing this comeback movie, he's seen the other movies. He knows what needs to be fixed. He knows how they've damaged the mythology that he contributed to the X-Men that impacted on the comics. So I think he had a much greater clarity of vision. Because he's going there and he's like, I need to fix this, I need to fix this, I want to do this, I want to accomplish this. And it was personal for him in the, that movie in a way that it probably wasn't in the other two. Now let me ask you, Apocalypse? So at the end of Future Day, Future... Days of Future Past. Yes. The, the, the Stinger. It, okay, it's Apocalypse. Because he did have a Stinger, right? Yeah, Apocalypse. Which yeah. was fucking fantastic. But at the end of that movie, well, it's really, Apocalypse wasn't in it. It was like... The Four Horsemen. Well, no, 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 the Horsemen? Yeah, dude. Apocalypse is doing the thing where he's, he's building the pyramids with his hands in the air. And they're all shouting his name. And as, as the camera's panning, you look in the back, and there's four horsemen sitting on okay. their horses. I only saw them one time, and they don't want a plane, so I didn't catch Yeah, that. my mom was like, who are they in the back? And I'm like, well, those are the horsemen, mom. I'm like, you Yeah. And so, if, okay, so it takes place in the 80s, you said? That's my understanding, yes. All right, that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of interested. In I'm just wondering how they're going to do with Hugh Jackman. Is he going to be in that one or no? Well, apparently, in Days of Future Past, uh, Vaughn wanted a new Wolverine. Yeah, he wanted a young Wolverine. He didn't want Hugh Jackman because Hugh Jackman looks like Hugh Jackman to a whole fucking movie. He, he he looks great. He's in great shape, but he is real fucking old at this point. Yeah. And 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 he can only disguise that so much because he was in that movie in 2000 and it's 2015. This guy's yeah. age 15 years, and he was like in his 30s when he did the first one. So it, you can tell he's not immortal, you know. Well, that's it. But see, the funny thing is that we're talking about that because I just read where okay, Michael Bendis is going to bring back Old Man Logan, mm-hmm. and I'm just like. Of all the people, right? Yes. Right. Like, fucking just throw a chicken in Malar and say, Malar, right? Old Man Logan 2, please. Like, well, you did all those fucking no, ideas. Understand the the, you understand the, the all this shit that's coming out of Serial Wars? I think the Serial Wars, if I remember correctly, is supposed to come out over a short span of time. And these are just going to be like a whole bunch of specials to fill in for the Marvel books that are on hiatus until the end of Secret Wars. But I so it's not like you're going to get a full-length sequel to Old Man Logan. Okay, you're going to get like a one- or two-issue miniseries or a special or some shit okay, like that. Okay, so then maybe I'm not getting this right. My understanding was the Marvel Universe was going to end. Then you had Secret Wars, and then they were going to like jump kickstart again, like their version of 52. No. that's they, they keep trying to hint that that's what's going to happen, but that's not what's going to happen. Okay. It's more like Age of Apocalypse. Where the Marvel Universe goes on hold for a few months, they run Secret Wars, and then they're doing all these stories from all these different Earths that are in on Battleworld. Yeah. And then they, when they restart up again, they'll have some tweaks to continuity, but for the most part, it's going to be the universe as we left it. Most of the series are going to pick up right where they left off. But are they going to? Because I, I mean, me personally, I always liked the Sugar Man villain mm-hmm. from the Age of Apocalypse. Right, Pocalypse. who came out of Age of Apocalypse yeah. and hung around for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. there was there were certain characters like I was like Holocaust. I was like Holocaust was fantastic looking mm-hmm. with that orange oh, suit and looking. skeletal system in the floating in the suit, and so I always thought. Because I know they did that. Uh, I know Rick Remuter did it for a little bit. The um, uh, X Force. Yeah, where they were kind of hinting at that universe. So are they going to take stuff from the Secret Wars and bring it into the new Marvel universe? More than likely, just oh, like okay. they did with Age of Apocalypse. Because so, I really yeah. do. I, I like the Old Man Logan story. Like, mm-hmm. well, what I'm I thought thinking, it was enjoyable. what I'd love to see them do in Infinity War is just cast Hugh Jackman, and he doesn't have to pop his claws. He just has to walk out, and and he could be Old Man Logan in Infinity Wars. And you just don't explain who he is. You just you have to have fights, like verbal fights with people. You have him off in the background. You just never have to say he's Wolverine. You never have him pop his claws. Everybody knows what you're doing, yeah. but you can't. Do shit about it if you're Fox because just calls everybody Bub. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'd be the easiest thing in the world. Everybody would know who he was, so that you wouldn't have to fucking spell Cause, it out. Because I know you steal Wolverine for a movie. Because you know you just busted my balls about Hickman's Fantastic Four. But the thing I liked about his Fantastic Four is when he did that. 
council of the Reed Richards where they had all these Reed Richards from, from different universes. Reed Richards, yeah. you, had, you had multiple ones that had like the, the Infinity Gauntlet from their universe. Yeah. I love the way they explained it, how well, the Gauntlet doesn't work here. It only works in my universe. But you, it, you had all these cool different like fucked up versions of him. So well, that's that's what Secret Wars is. is that, that's what they kind of doing. Hickman is resolving all that pan dimensional stuff he's been working on, and he did it in Fantastic Four, and then of course in a New Avengers he's been doing the incursions. Yeah, and so this is the this is the because he he proposed this a while back. He he proposed this I think when he first started writing at Marvel, and it's taken him this much time to get to a point where he could have the power to tell a story and where he laid out all the groundwork to tell that story. But Secret Wars is supposed to be the culmination of all the stuff he's been doing with that kind of material in the Marvel. Because I haven't. I've picked up a couple of the Avengers stuff, and it's I'm so out of the loop mm. that I just stepped away, and I'm like, I'm just going to wait till it's all in trade form. He's leaving Avengers after this, too. Is he? Yeah. Because I, I, the only things I'm reading right now is like Superior Spider-Man and Superior yeah. Spider-Man Foes and yeah. you know Revival. Like a lot of also, I have, I want to read that Avengers stuff, but dude, it's just like it, too dense. It, well, it feels like if you don't get on book one and keep up, you're not going to understand. And it's not just Avengers, but it's new Avengers. And because mm-hmm. I, I made the mistake of reading Avengers World. Um, oh yeah. Game, yeah. And it hinted so much shit that I was like, I don't understand. Like I enjoyed it, but I was like, I don't understand some of this, the characters. Like well, mm-hmm. I don't get it. And then I talked to a friend of mine. He's like, "Yeah, dude, did you read the new Avengers stuff?" Did he popped up? I'm like, "No." And they're like, "Yeah, you, read you have to read." Yeah, new Avengers is. I read the first new Avengers trade, and it set up a lot of stuff that I see paying off in this crossover. But because it was the entry point, I understood what was going on. Mm-hmm. I probably couldn't have jumped in like you did with Avengers World, which seems to be the least self-contained of those books that they're involved with. So well, I had the I Beekeepers. Mean, I had to read yeah. it. I've always liked Aim, and I just thought it was kind of cool. And they really did some cool shit in there. Advanced idea mechanics. Thanks, Mac. You we're so excited. Because we're talking about new comic books. But it's also a natural time for the Marvel Universe to kind of stop and start again because a lot of people are walking away from long-term assignments. Ryan Bendis is finishing up his X-Men stuff. Hickman's finishing up his Avengers stuff. So it makes sense. Here's what we're going to do. I want a drink. I'm thirsty. Stop. Let's go have stop. a drink. Stop. Here's what we're going to do. This is the podcast for Tuesday. Yeah, yeah I figured. Oh, I know we're we haven't done a lot of umlaws, so we just knock it out quick. I, can put, I, I think we're playing Wait, wait, wait. Welcome to the Marvel Superheroes Podcast. I'm a legal machine, and with me is... Senor Fisi. And? Diablo Frank. Diablo Frank. No, I got it. Diablo Frank. Okay. I don't know if you noticed, but I started doing a little headshot thing on the podcast. Don't do that. It's so shitty. It sounds so terrible. What thing? It just goes, Diablo Frank. All right, the machine. Mr. Fix It. You haven't heard the Black Widow one yet? It's so Which terrible. Well, see, the thing is, the plan is... And then... You play the music, and then it starts with "Welcome to the Marvel Super Podcast." I'm Lily Machina with me, and it sounds—it doesn't sound good. I know what you're trying to do. It mm-hmm. sounds really bad. Okay, well, the thing is, I'm trying to get people introduced to that. For starters, people keep forgetting you. Right. They have trouble remembering so, you. They remember him, the, the two of us, and then they don't remember hey, you. Quit, quit my shit. They don't—they don't remember. They don't remember your name. You know does that? It's all right. I'm just saying don't remember my shit. I'm just saying don't remember my shit. It's okay. Just don't remember my shit. Yeah. They don't remember your name, and they don't. I'm gonna stop this. Next comment, sir. Kyle Benning on episode 28, introducing the sensational Black Panther. It was great to get back to some actual comic book discussion and coverage in this episode. I have really enjoyed most of your movie coverage, but this is called the Rolled Spine Podcast, not Dented DVD Cover Podcast. So good to be back to talking comic books. This episode was a pleasant surprise. It marks the first time that Mac has discussed anything Fantastic Four related and not been completely wrong. Seriously, the fact that he thought that the upcoming totally non-Fantastic Four movie sounds good and interesting is completely wrong. Not a single FF fan is excited or has anything good to say about the shit that has been released thus far regarding that movie. And I say shit because that's 
what that movie will be. It will mark the biggest superhero turd movie of the modern era. I think this one will become the 1990 cap movie of this era. Not a damn thing they've released about this movie has even gotten close to sniffing anything remotely close to the actual Fantastic Four. Each press release keeps throwing out terms like serious or realistic or grounded. One of the biggest criticisms of DC movies, especially on this show, and rightfully so, is that they don't embrace the fun or the comic bookiness of their properties in their adaptations. That is exactly what's going to happen in this one. Fantastic Four is the most wacky out there comic booky property of all, and they refuse to embrace it. Mix that with them completely changing the character dynamics, and you have something that is Fantastic Four in name only. As Mac himself has proclaimed, he doesn't get the FF or care about them. He should be about the last person to weigh in on what sounds good for the new direction of that property. I don't mean to be singling out Mac here, but he's the only one on the show who is consistently wrong. Sorry, not related to this episode, but I binge listen, so this feedback is kind of all-encompassing feedback for the last few episodes. Anyway, I really dug your Black Panther coverage. I hope you'll continue to follow Black Panther. He is one cool dude that doesn't get his due. I hope you'll spend more episodes devoted to this coverage. Frank, how do you not dig the Inhumans, man? Well, you better get used to it, as the rumblings are that Marvel's big upcoming event is going to result in the majority of the metahumans or mutants in the Marvel Universe being relaunches in humans. Apparently, that's going to give Marvel leverage in winning back their X-Book characters or something. At least that's what my local comic book comic shop owner is being told by his sources. Enjoyable run of episodes, despite not my not-so-serious ribbing. I really dig listening to you guys most of the time. I look forward to future episodes. I move for an episode dedicated to Shag versus Mac in a totally explicit argument over comics episode. Make it happen. Hey, Hawkeye fun fact. His birthplace, according to the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, is none other than my hometown of Waverly, Iowa. 10,000 people strong. Suck on that, New York City. This was a good comment. Meaty. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... We got our first fan. Our, uh, okay, you want to talk about Fantastic Four first? Or you want to talk about me yeah, and him? Let's go with Fantastic Four first. Okay, so the new Fantastic Four uh, sequel to Interstellar came out. Uh, trailer came out. The teaser. And, I, and I have to emphasize it is just a teaser, not a trailer, because teasers at this point we know they're going to suck. It seems like because unless it's a Godzilla movie where you're teasing how big Godzilla is, teasers mean fuck all and they typically are boring and are met with underwhelming response and I'm thinking that maybe they need to stop doing teasers because it's hurt Ant-Man and it looks like it's hurting Fantastic Four as well. Well, here's what's weird and this is going to freak everyone out when I say this. Is it weird? I didn't think that it was that bad of a teaser. It, to me, it just looked like it literally it looked like a Fantastic Four movie to me. So all this bullshit about it not being like the Fantastic Four, really? Because it looked like a bunch of people in some weird experiment that's going to get inundated by cosmic rays. No, actually, so it, I will argue that if I did not know it was a Fantastic Four movie, I would not have jumped to that conclusion based solely on the images. Yeah, I know a guy bursts into flame, but I'm not going to work under the assumption that he does that on purpose himself. People in movies are bursting into flames all the time. It's usually to dire ends. Well, okay. Uh, I, I think we're not necessarily saying different things. But the fact that it is a fantastic – well, I mean a Fantastic Four movie is at this point such a freaking cliche. It's ridiculous. You're, it's a basically whether it's in space or what, however you get to space or you get to the negative zone or wherever the hell they're trying to go in this teaser, they get inundated by some sort of cosmic rays due to an accident and now they have powers. That obviously happens in this teaser, right? There is an experiment. Uh, but see, I would, I would argue I'm not sure that's made clear in the teaser because I'm watching it and it's – because the it's so low-key – that's, I think, one of the things that's rubbing a lot of Fantastic Four fans the wrong way is it's so realistic intending, it's so low-key, that it's not even clear that these characters have powers. Like when you have uh, Reed Richards reach out, because of how the frame is done, I can't really tell if he's stretching or not. 
You know, I've but watched it a couple of three times, and I can't even tell. I don't know that Michael B. Jordan, for starters, I don't know that it's Michael B. Jordan that's catching on fire, and I don't know that those are the same guy, and I don't know that he's doing that on purpose because it's just all of a sudden a guy bursts into flame, but he's not like active as a, as the human torch, so it just looks like a guy who caught on fire, which we see in movies a lot. We don't see the thing. We see a big rock, and then it bursting, and then that's it, and we never see anything related to a visible woman, so there's nothing there that tells me really that it's the Fantastic Four. Yeah, but okay. So, but but we know. Okay, so what you're trying to say is that there's a good possibility they just show a guy catching on fire. They show rocks, and they show what is going to make people think is is Mr. Fantastic stretching. I don't. But no, no, that's just it. I don't see the stretching. If I didn't know that's Mr. Fantastic, and I didn't know that they were trying to allude to him stretching, if I'm Johnny Layperson who doesn't watch Fantastic Four movies, who isn't a comic book fan, I'm just going to see a very you know esoteric sci-fi movie. I think we're I think we're arguing over. Nothing. I think we're okay. What I'm saying is that okay. So are you trying to say we saw a guy catch on fire? Are you trying to say that he probably that he there's a good chance he's not actually catching on fire as though he's the Fantastic Four and maybe they just showed that to fuck with people? No, no. What I'm saying is that if I'm a layperson, I don't know going into this who the Fantastic Four are and what they do. That's okay. just the guy who caught on fire. It, I, I'm not going to assume that he is the human torch, that he can fly around and shoot fireballs and shit. I'm going to assume that he's just some dude who caught on fire. Why are all these random dudes on in spacesuits catching on fire? Okay, I, I don't care about uh, whatever your point is. I'm sorry. What I'm trying to say is that it's a, it's, it looks to me, because my thought was that they were trying to say that uh, oh, I don't read comic books. I don't care what the Fantastic Four are about. I don't. We're not going to do any of that. We're just going to do our own movie. It looks to me like it's it, it's they somehow get into space somehow because Wizkid Reed Richards takes everyone on an experiment and they get inundated with some sort of cosmic rays and gives them powers. Yeah, I, I believe I believe that, that they're like taking me. that from the Ultimate Fantastic Four book that Mark Miller and later Warren Ellis did, where rather than going into outer space, he's experimenting with teleportation, and during that experiment, they they catch the zaps. So who cares what the experiment is? I don't, I don't, I'm not arguing that. I don't, I don't really give a shit. I mean, I, uh-huh. I do give a shit, actually, I do, and I, I do think there's a, a point to be made there. But for the purposes of getting on with this, I'm going to say I don't give a shit right now. Okay, so we don't give a shit. But so to me, looking at that teaser, I, if I were as – like because uh, Mr. Benning here was pretty upset. Like they're going to just completely throw – they're going to do their own thing. I would get some hope back if I saw that teaser. Because it sure as hell looks to me like it's the Fantastic Four, and they may have just messed with some of the relationships. Like maybe Johnny and Sue aren't brother sister, which you can't tell me that. I mean, okay, I, I, if you really think that they should be flat out related, I, I can understand that. That instead of being her brother, he's her brother now. Um, <laughs> he's her brother. Her brother. Uh, I, to me, I, look, I don't think that anything in that teaser would confirm anybody's fears. If anything, I think that you would kind of be like, well, wait a second. Maybe this isn't going to be because, I, like I said, I thought they were just going to go off the wall and they were going to use uh, it's going to be a comic book movie kind of. And they're going to be called Fantastic Four. And outside of that, you're not going to recognize anything you see. And the reason I argued for that was because um, they already went so comic booky with the complete bomb failures they've already come out with. You got to try something different because if people saw a trailer that looks just like the, uh, the first two Fantastic Four movies that were god-awful and everybody hated and put a sour taste in everyone's mouths, if you're going to do that again with different actors, nobody's going to go see it. You need to go a different direction with it. Um, but 
honestly, it looked a little more, other than looking a little more serious, I saw nothing in that teaser that tells me they're really going to do anything vastly different from what the, the basis of the Fantastic Four is. That's my opinion. Okay. My way I came at it, because I also was saying, well, you know, people are being a little hard on this movie. Let's wait until we see something. Um, uh, you know, because I, I don't have a problem with them doing a more realistic take on the Fantastic Four. My problem is I watched that trailer, and at the end of the trailer, I was in no different place than where I started the trailer. I was just sort of numb. It didn't impact on me. It didn't make me filled with wonder. It didn't intrigue me. I just watched it, and it just sort of happened, and I moved on. It. I can see where you're coming at it from, where you, you want them to get away from those other two movies. Well, the fact is the first movie actually did fairly well. It, it made decent money. It's just that it was a little bit too goofy and too kid-centric for modern audiences, I think. And I just the second movie just wasn't as good as the first one. The first one's okay. The second one just is trying to get too much stuff done. It reminded me of the Daredevil movie in that they're trying to do the Reed and Sue wedding, plus they're trying to do the Silver Surfer Galactus arc, and they're really not doing that arc justice, especially once you come out with the Galactus cloud, which was a huge disappointment for people. The problem with the Fantasy Four movies, I think, the previous ones, is that they didn't go far enough into comic book territory. They weren't willing, if you're going to do a movie like that, then have a giant guy in purple armor show up. Don't try to half-ass it where we're going to do broad, but we're also going to do a more realistic take on Galactus. It doesn't work. You can't have it both ways. This movie is clearly going for a more realistic take, and it looks a lot like 60s sci-fi. It looks like 2001. It looks like Solaris. I don't think it's going to be quite that boring. It's certainly not that pretentious, but trying to go for that sort of vibe. And I think a lot of people who are fans of Fantastic Four, what they want to see is that spirit of exploration. They want to see that fanta- those fantastic visuals that they haven't seen anywhere else before. The Fantastic Four in its golden period was about seeing new, big, bold, incredible things. And then you watch that trailer and it just looks like another sci-fi movie. It just looks like another rocky planet with volcanoes and shit. You don't get that sense of wonder from that trailer. You, it just looks like a, you know, a typical sci-fi movie. And because they're going so low key on the characters, because they won't be big, bold personalities, they're going to be smaller and quieter. They don't see their Fantastic Four in that. And I can absolutely respect that. And I also have the problem personally. It's like when I look at, uh, Billy Elliot trying to be Ben Grimm, it just doesn't work for me. He doesn't look the part. It looks like they're doing everything they can to hide from being the Fantastic Four. Plus, they did that stupid seven shit where they incorporate, incorporate the four into the name. And I don't know. It just looks like it's a deeply compromised movie. It looks like they're trying so hard to get away from the comic book roots and to be a serious motion picture that it's got the same problem as the DC movies. So I can't slam the DC movies and then applaud Fantastic Four for doing the same kind of shit that I bitch about them doing. So I'm I'm still tre- keeping an open mind. I'm still interested in seeing that movie. I'm not enough of a Fantastic Four fan to be turned off by what I'm seeing there, but I'm also not turned on by it as a movie. Separate from all Fantastic Four elements, I would not go see that movie. I'd look at that and I'd have the same reaction I had to Interstellar, yawn. So... But so, okay, so so let me, let me just read this line from his again. Uh, one of my... Okay, uh, sorry, I lost my place. Uh... One of the biggest criticisms of DC uh, movies, especially on this show, and rightfully so, is they don't embrace the fun or the comic bookiness of their properties or their adaptations. Um, I, to me, th- those Fantastic Four movies embraced it too much to where, like, the creators weren't even taking – they didn't take the material seriously, right? It, it was closer to Batman and Robin. This is what we think a comic movie should be like, so let's make them act this way. But 
So, that, but that's just what I'm saying. They did that with the first two movies, whether they did it successfully or not, which is obviously is a not. You can't just do it over again two years later. So you can either argue that they need to do something different, or you need to argue that we need to put the Fantastic Four on a shelf for another five, six years so people can forget more. But if you want a Fantastic movie, a Fantastic Four movie this year, it's got. I think it's got to be different. There's, there's no way you're ever going to convince. Um, a, a movie studio to just try what they just did a couple years ago all over again. It's not going to happen. In my opinion is that the first two Fox Fantastic Four movies had one interpretation of the Fantastic Four that they didn't do a good job with, and now they're going to have another interpretation that doesn't look like they're doing a good job with. So let's all root for these movies to fail so that the rights go back to Marvel and they can get it right. I suppose that's one way of looking at it. Yes, we want it to bomb so bad that it will go back to Marvel. But then, honestly, I think Marvel wouldn't even touch it for a while. Well, I mean, they've sort of kind of got the rights to Submariner, and they don't want anything to do with adapting that character right now either. And frankly, separate from the Fantastic Four, I can understand their point of view. Wait until you get the rights to that whole slew of characters and then do stuff with them. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so, uh, again, I I wasn't trying to say I was blown away by, by the teaser or anything. I was just I thought that that looked a little more fantastic 4e with uh, the origin doesn't look terribly different um obviously it's reimagined and updated but other than that it, it, it the basis still appears like it's there so I would just say wait a little bit longer and don't kill it quite yet cuz again that walked me back on it like I was like oh okay so maybe this is going to be more fantastic 4ish cuz I thought like like I said when I'm hearing we don't even read comics we don't care about it whatever we're just basically going to use the name. Um, I was expecting something way out of there, whereas this doesn't look like anything, which, again, is one of your criticisms. It doesn't look like anything groundbreaking at all. It just looks like a science fiction movie. Uh, but I thought they weren't. I thought they were going to do something so whack and out of there. That's what intrigued me. It was supposed to be so out there. I was like, oh, okay, well, let's see where this goes. Well, and uh, we still have Doctor Doom in the movie as, like, a hacker, so that doesn't uh, help. That sounds awesome. And it, and also doesn't help that we are aware that they've been doing extensive reshoots since late last year, continuing to this year, I believe in Latvia or someplace like that, Romania, I believe it is, to probably as a as a uh, take on Latveria. So there's a lot of behind-the-scenes troubles with this movie, too. Well, there were behind-the-scenes trouble with uh, Ant-Man, too, so we can't. We can't just say, oh, behind-the-scenes trouble, and think that that's actually... Oh, no, no, I'm not arguing that, but we're talking the kind of extensive reboot reshoots that makes you know that, okay, somebody isn't happy with the first cut of this movie to the degree they're willing to spend millions more to shoot some more shit to try to make this shit work. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so that's the Fantastic Four. And then as far as me always being wrong, that's cool. I'm cool with that. I don't think that everybody thinks I'm wrong all the time, do they? No, 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 not at all. I, you definitely rub some people the wrong way, but that's part of the fun and part of the point. Yeah, yeah. It, as long as as long as I'm, it, what I would hate if he's just like, oh, I forgot Max in the episode. That would be bad. Whatever, dude. A reaction's a reaction. So if you tune in to hear something stupid, I'm gonna say I'm I'm cool with that too. As long as you're tuning in and listening, and obviously you're 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 listening to what I'm saying. So that's all good. It's all it's all good to me, man. Post up whatever you want. We're all good. Well, I think the main issue is that you say things in a very strong, forceful, pointed way that they may respond badly to. But I think that you need that element. You don't – you have to I've, – I've joked that you're the villain of the show. You have to have an antagonistic viewpoint. You have to have a strong opposing reaction or else everybody's just sort of sitting around nodding. Oh, I know, and that's that's the – especially like I'm a, I'm a huge talk radio guy and that's when – 
um, you the worst talk radio shows are where you have one guy who makes strong statements and somebody with them who is super passive and will even like they'll make an opinion and then the other person goes, oh, you know what? I think you're wrong. And then within like a sentence, the other guys, oh, no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. We agree now. And then they move on. And it's like, is that it? This whole show is just you guys agreeing all the time. And even then we, we agree on a lot of stuff. But uh, it, yeah, it, to, to me, you got to have the you, you need to have personalities that agree and disagree and make I, I was almost, I almost said uh, educated opinions, but that's obviously not always the case, for, especially for me. But at least I have opinions. How about that? We'll leave it at that. At least no, I well, have see, opinions. another point I want to make, too, is the, the most disagreement you've had has been with Fantastic Four people and Aquaman people. And this is somewhat defensive lot. These are two properties that have been pretty historically prone towards diminishing returns and outright failures. So that, I think that the fans can be somewhat sensitive to criticism. So it's not so much that you're wrong. It's that you're right and they don't want you to be right about a lot of the elements. So that's part of it, too. Uh, wow, that was harsher than anything I've ever said. Holy shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, look, if I'm trashing your character and you feel strongly about that character, you need to come in and defend them. So that's fine. I, 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 again, I've said that many times, especially the Aquaman folks. Uh, if, if you think my take on the movie's wrong, jump into the comments and tell me what would make a good Aquaman movie. I, I, I'd love it. And don't just say, hey, go read a bunch of issues because I'm not, I'm not going to go do that. I'm sorry. Well, and one of the things I want to point out, too, is that we got a very positive response to the Black Panther episode from a, a wide variety of corners. And for me personally, I, I find that to be one of the most boring episodes we've done. I, I don't like that episode very much at all. I feel like it's extremely repetitive that for the most part, all we do is recount the origin story and say Black Panther's a badass, Black Panther's a badass over and over again. And obviously, I love that character, and I do think Black Panther's badass, but I find that tedious after a while. But if there are people who don't there, – there aren't a lot of people doing Black Panther podcasts. There are a lot of people who love that character and just have 30, 45 minutes of people going – that guy rules. They're happy to hear that. And that's great. And I'm happy for those people. But me as the guy who's sitting here editing that, I find that very boring. And I'm much more interested in hearing a lot of – I'm more interested in hearing conflict on the show. I'm interested in exploring really minor characters. I, so it's like not everything is going to hit with everybody. Not, not everything is going to work with every audience member or even the people who produce the podcast. So – we're all going to have differences of opinion, and that's where a lot of the entertainment value comes from, and a lot of the excitement comes from. Yeah, I, I really like that the Black Panther podcast. I turned, I thought actually in listening, I thought it turned out better than I thought it was going to while we were sitting here recording it, recording it. Mostly because, like you know, like I said, I owned that origin. I'd never read it, and then I actually sat down and I read it, and I was like, holy crap, man, this is like the mid '60s and he's kicking ass. And we didn't just recount the origin. We we did kind of delve into the history of African Americans early appearances in comic books and things like that that maybe folks uh, I certainly I didn't didn't realize so I think I, I think you're selling it short and I think that I'm right and you're wrong because look at how many comments we've had that it was good so screw you <laughs> well I just I, I felt like we could have done better so I, I hope that we we will do more Black Panther episodes and uh, we will talk more about the character and our personal I think that's one of the main issues we didn't talk very much about our personal stake in the character our introductions to him things like that so I'd like to explore that in the future but I, I agree with you too that I think that maybe that episode is a lot like the Iron Man episode where we're not sure what we're going to be walking into in terms of story quality and we're happily surprised at how good and how well those stories hold up sometimes agreed as opposed agreed. to the black widow episode <laughs> and then we're gonna have the black widow episode yeah um no it's a good it's a it's a very good comment and i encourage everyone to make these kind of comments yeah we like the, the nice big ones 
Yeah, yeah. Don't don't ever be worried about hurting our feelings and stuff. We're we've been doing this a long. We may not be podcasting for a long time, but we've had our own you know various outlets through the years, whether it be blogs or message boards or anything like that. So we're 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 seasoned at taking criticism for real. You all. Yeah, actually, we're more concerned about hurting other people. You'd have a tough time hurting us. We're strong. We're resilient. Yes, we're very strong. Okay. All right. Um, our next comment comes from Martin Gray. He says that he's loving the Black Panther podcast. Did Jack Kirby invent the phrase Cole Tiger as a simple synonym thing? That was good fun, pretty informative. Superb point about Ch- T'Challa uh, becoming a prototype for the perfect party planner Batman of today. I wonder if modern writers were indeed looking to the Panther for inspiration. While the likes of Barr and Miller misread Misery Bats Up, I'd say it was Grant Morrison who really made the Bat God in JLA with a plan for every occasion. I could well believe he'd been reading some of the old Fantastic Fours and decided to give Batman some of T'Challa's cool. I can easily believe Morrison just came up with it independently. The super-prepared protagonist isn't that unusual. But I prefer the T'Challa version, as that was his original shtick, whereas Batman lost a comparatively rounded personality when he became Paranoid Gadget Man. Uh, I really never took T'Challa's costume. It's like Daredevil's too monochrome, and I didn't think much of his personality. Too perfect. Uh, a bit Alicia. Even his arrogance was presented as noble. I liked him more in the early pre-BP issues. He seemed a tad quicker. White Wingfoot, though, loved him. He was just adorable. All right, this is a good comment. So what, uh, what's his Cole Tiger thing? I don't know about that. Oh, uh, Cole Tiger was the name that Kirby came up originally for the character. He had a completely different costume, too, where it was uh, yellow and black. Yellow and uh, black, right, yeah. Yeah, and I actually was introduced to that through the Bob Harris and Steve Epting gathering storyline in The Avengers when they were doing that series of foil-embossed covers. Yeah. Cole Tiger appeared in one of those, and I think he appeared in a back page where they showed the original Kirby design. As far as Cold Tiger just being Kirby playing off of Black Panther, definitely a possibility. I honestly, it's I, I've looked through the history references that I have available to me, and nobody's ever that I've found dug that up. I could dig around on the internet some, but I honestly don't know the answer to that. Hmm. Interesting. And I, I don't know why he ended up being Black Panther instead of Cold Tiger. He mentions, and I, and I replied to this comment on our on our WordPress WordPress blog that. Grant Morrison was the one who really did the Bat God in those first few issues of the JLA series. As we discussed uh, a great deal during the, our DC message board days, the Uber Bat. Right, and I think that he is 100% right. I think that that's where it literally was, where he has the diary of, this is how I beat Superman, this is how I beat Flash, this is how, I, you know what I mean? And uh, so, yes, I agree. But I also don't know jack shit about about DC Comics. And, and I did collect that first... That was a big deal when they relaunched JLA. So, or, it wasn't really a relaunch, right? No, it was a relaunch. They came back with a new number one issue and an entirely different team than was in the book previously. So I'd say relaunch, sure. Oh, but they, they canceled a series called JLA and rebooted it JLA? Well, there had never been a book called Just JLA before. That's what they I'm canceled saying. Justice League America and started JLA. Okay. So Justice anyway. League had been called um, JLA for years, but that was just an abbreviation of Justice League of America. But anyway, yeah, so I collected that series, and that was when I was like, holy shit, is this for real? This is Batman? And that's when it seemed to really spread like a terrible uh, pandemic that suddenly Batman can beat everybody. And to me, I don't know, I guess it's possible that it's just a coincidence, but I I just find that really hard to believe. Oh, Batman's capability in that respect? Uh, no, that it, that it was, that the idea came up completely separate of Black Panther. Okay. 
I, I, I doubt it. I, I think that it's more like, hey, Black Panther, this is a really cool concept on a character that nobody's ever, never really fleshed out. So let's just do it with Batman. That's where I think it came from. I, to me, I think, I think it was, I don't know, saying intentional is kind of, I, I'm not trying to say it's intentional, like, let's copy the Black Panther. But I, I think that that was where the idea came from. Am I making any sense? Yeah, no, you make sense. I'm going to agree that the idea isn't that unusual based on what Martin Gray said. You could go back to at least Doc Savage in terms of the hyper-competent protagonist, and that could have very well have been an influence as well. My thing is that, as Gray points out, the Lee Kirby Fantastic Four was obviously a huge influence on Grant Morrison. It's the sort of thing that he's visited and revisited, and elements of it have turned up in a lot of his work. So there's no reason to not believe that he had read Black Panther stories and ported elements of Black Panther to the Batman. At the same time, I do believe that that was a trajectory that Batman was already on that goes back to, I would say... You could even go back to Denny O'Neill when O'Neill decided to make Batman more of a James Bond type character, got him out of the city, had him deal with more international villains like Ray Shao Ghoul. And then Mike Barr just upped the ante on that. Miller upped the ante on that. I do believe that Morrison upped it to such a degree that it's very notable. The change that Batman went through, that the character that was appearing in Morrison's JLA was very much not the same character that was appearing in the Batman titles at that time especially when you factor in that he'd gone through things like Nightfall in recent years where the character very specifically was being beaten down. And quite frankly, if you look at Nightfall, there's a strong parallel between that story arc and uh, Panther's Rage from the 1970s that Don McGregor and Billy Graham did where it's this slow beating down of the main character over this extended story arc where he's facing a slew of villains one after another after another. So once again, Black Panther influences Batman, but in a different way. In that instance, it was Black Panther as the guy who gets his ass beat all the time in a fashion that's not seen commonly among superheroes and that obviously, obviously influenced Frank Miller on Daredevil. So the Black Panther influence still persists in Batman, but in different ways at different times. But I do think that he's right. Grant Morrison did have a major impact on that vision of Uber Batman. But I think that Black Panther still had an impact on Morrison's take on Batman. Agreed. And I also tend to agree with Martin Gray. The Black Panther costume is somewhat too monochromatic. I, I don't think that that was an issue before Batman started doing the same thing because there was a time where Black Panther was the only guy who was in an actual like dark gray black costume all the way through. But because Batman started doing it as well, I think that there was a need for Black Panther to do something a little bit different to separate himself, which I know is bullshit. It sucks that he's the original and he's the one who has to make changes, but that's comics. It's just like we've been preaching how they shouldn't use Darkseid in the Justice League movie because we already have Thanos in the movies. Is Thanos a heavily derivative of Darkseid? Yes. Does it suck that you have to change Darkseid or not use Darkseid because of Thanos being out there already? Yes. Is it wrong? No, you still need to fucking make changes or else everybody's going to point at Darkseid and laugh because he's a Thanos ripoff. Yeah, it's kind of uh, who called dibs first. Is dibs always fair? No, but dibs is the rule. Using Thanos before they get to use Darkseid is essentially calling dibs on that version of the character. So, um, And then I would also say, so here's the deal. I like Black Panther better where there's kind of that contrast between his striped gloves or the gloves with the lines in them, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah, nobody has that. So I, I tend to want to keep that around because nobody – I can't think of anybody else that has those sort of textures. And what's funny is that comics have gotten very into 
textures because of the movies are trying to reflect the the costuming choices that have been made on film. And so here's an instance where the costume would naturally lend itself to transfer to the films, and instead they're going to give him some sort of armor and get away from that. So you can't fucking win. Yeah, and I actually I like Batman better uh, gray with the black gloves and boots. But I, I, I for me Batman is supposed to be gray and blue like the way he was when I grew up as a kid. Yeah. So when you make him all black, I think it's kind of boring, and I don't think it's as visually stimulating in the comics. I totally get doing that on film. I think that's probably what you have to do to make it work on film. But in the comics, you're allowed to be more colorful, and since gray and blue were his iconic colors, I'd rather stick to that. But that's just me. And you know, has anybody ever mixed the two where they do the whole the Kelly Jones huge uh, Batman ears and ridiculous infinite cape? But done it with the gray and blue. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm not because cool Kelly see. Jones first broke in on Batman on the Red Rain Elseworlds uh, hardcover graphic novel, and I think he was blue and gray in that. So I, I think that that did happen. Oh, I got to go. I have to do some uh, googling Google images research. Google it. You can Google that. Um, okay, cool. Well, I'm glad we all agree on that. Uh, that was a very good comment, Martin. Thank you. All right, our next comment is from Guano Man. This month's podcast of the week on Ultron is my Elvis, an occasional non-weekly feature. Uh, I'm very fond of the relatively new Marvel Superheroes podcast, which is a lot more interesting than its fairly unrevealing title may imply. Uh, there's a variety of formats, but the best shows are when the hosts dig deep into the history of usually slightly lesser-known Marvel heroes. Some of the best episodes have looked at The Cat, one of the first explicitly feminist comics, Patsy Walker, Marvel's oldest, one of Marvel's oldest characters, debuting in 1944 as a teen romance character and still around today in a more heroic guise, and the Black Panther. The Panther episode features an astute line of Batman is the Beatles to the Black Panther's Chuck Berry. In other words, much of what we currently think of as the modern Batman, those aspects that are now define the character and have made him vastly popular, originated from a relatively unacknowledged black predecessor. All the hosts are good, but I'm particularly fond of Diablo Frank, not least because he is, as far as I'm concerned, the world's foremost expert on the Martian Manhunter in his role as curator of the excellent blog, Idlehead of Diablo. He's exceptionally verbose and well-versed in comics history and has a great knack for placing things into a progressive cultural context as a fellow left-leaning feminist, diversity-celebrating comics fan who occasionally despairs at the conservative nature of some areas of comics fandom, I graciously pre- greatly appreciate his smart and enlightened take. Personally, I agree with my limited DC knowledge that Grant Morrison really seemed to take it to the next level uh, where he literally has batch with everyone's who's who at the Batcave. Um, uh, this is a nice comment for, for you, Frank. Yeah, that's why I didn't read it myself. Um, yeah. I, I, I do appreciate it. I, I can't really comment on it because it's just, you know, I... I can't comment on it. I, I thank you for it, though. Hey, so let me just say, I've known I've known Diablo Frank for a long time, and this dude, his free. He, I'm not gonna say you're 100 percent right all the time, but you're pretty fucking good, dude. This is a game we used to play because we used to work at the 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 same comic book. I used to work at Frank's comic book store, right, briefly as a young man, and we would just walk over to the cheapy bin, and I would pull out the most obscure shit. And I'm talking shit. We're talking like Tyvek cover shit. And I would say artist and writer or and then we would go like anchor and home dude here could fucking call that shit out with an eerie success rate. Super eerie, like creepy, um, like he's beaming into my brain and looking through my eyes. Creepy. Very, very strange. 
So yeah, but but he knows he's good. We know he's good. So yeah, dude, you're fucking badass. Thanks for doing a podcast with us. <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that. Yeah, I, I know that you've you've said plenty. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to just sit over here and blush now while you continue to read. No, but I'm also going to say. Let me see what else do I want to say. Yeah, I think that our best podcasts where we do these super whack, strange characters. But unfortunately, not all whack, strange characters are actually interesting. I think we 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 just need to do a good job of picking ones that are interesting. Yeah, Doctor Zero was probably not a good call on my part for starters. I really liked that episode. Yeah, it's an interesting episode, but the the character it's, no, it's an episode uh, right. that works in spite of the character, not because of the material. Because, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's because we didn't talk about the character, but delved into um, the strangeness of more of the politics of the create, creation of that universe, right? That's that's more the interesting stuff, which we can do too. We can always go and go into stuff like that too, uh, more yeah, informed. Like, who gives a shit about Doctor Zero? Yeah, but I think the creation of the universe and the people who were involved and the you know where you basically had the two editors that were dictating everything. Um, and poor Archie Goodwin, who was stuck in the middle of all of it. Uh, I think that, that's all interesting stuff that maybe people don't. Uh, I, I certainly don't get exposed to that stuff as much. So I, I, I always find that stuff super, super fascinating. But anecdotally, I don't think that people like that one as much. Like, I've heard from a few people who were somewhat ambivalent about that episode, and uh, we haven't gotten very much feedback on it. So it's it's hard to tell. We just do we follow our muse and we try to do the best we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but remember, I mentioned in an earlier podcast that I, I think that Jim Shooter as a character is super fascinating. Just from discussions you and I have had about his relationship with other creators and his rise and fall at Marvel and how basically a child, right? Wasn't he like 13 when he started writing for Marvel Absolutely. Comics? Yeah, well, DC actually. He started at DC at okay. 13. 13 when he started writing at DC. And then to see the figure he turned into a tragic figure in a lot of ways um, and all these different companies that he touched. I, th- I think Jim Shooter is just super, super interesting. So anytime he gets brought up on a podcast, I'm going to stray towards liking it. So maybe I'm, um, well, something that wouldn't come up very often on the Marvel superheroes podcast is that he learned at the feet of Mort Weisinger, a notorious dictator of an editor, d- deeply emotionally abusive, deeply manipulative, someone who was one of the most powerful people at DC in the 1950s and by the 1970s, virtually destitute and loved by everyone when he died. Um, so that's the person who's whose shoes Jim Shooter put on. So it's no wonder he's had, it's, it's a wonder that he's done as well as he had in the wake of learning from Mort Weisinger. Word. See, that's what I'm talking about, people. He knows this shit. We did, I didn't tell him to read up on that beforehand. Oh, it's crazy. Okay, continuing on. Simon Donovan tells us we had another great episode, guys. Thanks. <laughs> and Siskoid says, I don't think I remember Shadowline at all, even its existence. How about doing a little something about Clive Barker's Razor's Edge Line? Uh, or Marvel's aborted attempt at Vertigo, what was it called, Frontier? There was a special with the series pilots and then abrupt cancellation. I have it somewhere. It includes a mature reader's Doctor Strange for sure and some Barbarian Strip, I think. Anyway, I've got a trusty Slings and Arrows book as well. Big fan of it. Mac and Fix It. You ever want to sarcastically tell Frank things like, yes, Professor? Yeah, I think I did. I just do that when we were... <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. I, I think most of these suggestions, even by our standards, are somewhat obscure. I don't know that any of us really read the Razor line. And uh, none of those titles, I think, made it past eight issues. And they didn't have 
as much of a uh, impact or a cachet as Shadowline, which says something. And then the Marvel UK wannabe Vertigo Frontier. I own exactly one comic book from that. It's possible we might try to just do a grab bag episode where we touch on a, a few of those. But I, I literally own nothing from the Razor Line. I order. I own one Frontier comic. I don't know if you've got some stuff in your boxes somewhere that you'd want to dig out and play with on that front. Mm, maybe I can I can flip through again and check it out. You've got uh, some random ass shit. We organized Max Comic Collection a few months back, and there's some stuff I never would have seen coming popping up in those boxes. Super fucking weird. Um, stuff I don't know how I got it. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to I'm going to make this request. I don't know where and what podcast any of this is going to actually air, so I just hope that it finds someone. We need an insider. I, I, I want to get – I, I want to – we got to find someone that we can talk to, and they can – direct message us stories and shit that we can share with people. You know what I mean? That's what I want. That's where I want this to go at some point. We need to be able to find an insider that we can anonymously quote, uh, or as as ESPN loves to call it, sources, quote unquote, where you can just tell random stories that people uh, would like people to know. That's what I want. Because I think that the comic book industry is filled with so many unique characters you have to be a unique character to get in the comic book industry right you can't have you can't be normal otherwise you wouldn't you'd go get a normal you'd go to college and get a real job right so i think that the conflicting personalities at all these different levels between like who the hell goes to school to be a letterer right like these are the type of personalities and you're trying to get them to all coordinate and meet a deadline at one time there have got to be like, like your story of who was it that was doing the cat issue? It was uh, Starlin and somebody else and Starlin's right, uh, right, girlfriend uh, or wife. Um, Doug Go Weiss. Ahead. Doug Weiss. And, and then uh, I think it was uh, – wait. Not Doug Weiss. What is that fellow's name? Shit. Anyway, yeah, and then the, one of their wives was supplying them with uh, booze, with wine and, and hash. Yeah. Yeah, to, to keep them medicated for two days while they had to cram and get this issue out. Like that kind of I, – I love those those stories. And I guarantee you, I mean, you get them on some level in other careers, but I bet there are stories just from top to bottom of the comic book industry that you can do, you can devote entire podcasts to and have it just be jaw-droppingly entertaining. Um, so I, I love that stuff. I love the, the inter-creator conflicts and, and things like that. Anyway, that's me. Yeah, it'd be great to see, but I think most of that stuff ends up on Bleeding Cool. And I don't think that very many creators would want to commit to a, a low-rent podcast where we're talking shit about creators at the same time we're patting them on the back so it's one of those deals where i think other people who are better positioned would get that sort of uh, input but okay it, great to it was an that. aspirational request oh, wait, sir yeah. so maybe well, one yeah. day will be bleeding cool mm-hmm. yeah, or not. no no but but it's all it's good to have a goal correct <laughs> okay our final comment here is from eternal rage he says man i thoroughly enjoyed the valiant gym shooter talk at the end of the stinger the French music, not so much, but the term porny without being too porny is the conundrum of modern man. Um, I enjoyed this comment as well, because first of all, he says that he liked the Valiant Jim Shooter talk and that I was literally just saying that and porny without being too porny. Man, we got to start. OK, look, we're going to make some badass T-shirts if this podcast ever gets as big as I would like it to be. <laughs> <laughs> A freaking T-shirt that just said porny without being too porny on the back. It would be freaking hilarious. Agreed. Anyway. Agreed. Okay. That, that that particular comment, Eternal Ray's got a few retweets and favorites on, so and deservedly so. Yeah, that was good. Dun, 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 dun,
Real quick, I wanted to clarify a point that I was trying to make during the Spider-Man talk that didn't make it in. I see one of the reasons why Marvel Studios would be willing to work to promote Sony's Spider-Man projects because it associates Spider-Man with Marvel. And unlike several of the other studios, Marvel doesn't have that killer app. Sony has Spider-Man, one of the most recognizable superheroes in the world. Warner Brothers has Batman and, to a lesser degree, Superman. Fox has Wolverine. Those are all characters that you are guaranteed to make X amount of money on. You put that character in a movie, boom, you've got $100 million. Marvel does not have that. Marvel has Iron Man, who's extremely popular, but that character is so defined by the betrayal of Robert Downey Jr., and Marvel has to pay so much money to get Robert Downey Jr. to keep coming back to that role, and they're scared shitless about replacing him. Batman obviously didn't replace many a times, pretty much always successfully, George Clooney exempted. Superman's had more trouble, but I think that has to do with Warner's inability to effectively promote and repopularize the character in motion pictures. They have issues with him at a conceptual level, conveying the appeal of that character, and the actor isn't really at fault, I don't believe. And of course, Spider-Man's been recast a few times now, and that's worked out fairly well for them. Marvel doesn't have that. They None of their characters are guaranteed to sell on their own, and a lot of their characters seem to be promoted through the Marvel brand. And the, the reason why Marvel has done so well so far is because of quality. And there isn't anything bankable about quality. Great movies are underappreciated all the time. They certainly don't make big bucks compared to terrible movies that are able to tap into the zeitgeist or can appeal to the lowest common denominator and make the most money. Received a Google Plus follow from Guatam Sheoran. New Twitter follows from Adelaide Jerks, Angela Mooney, Baked English, Chase A. Thompson, Courtney, co-host of the Quadcast podcast, Crowd T Retail, Dark Moon Comic, The Devil and Gandhi, Great Expectations podcast, I Am the Incredible at Hulk the Giant, Jordan Russ, Kyle Rose, Pete Shecky, Sharing Economy, Sean Frankson, Social Plastic UK, and Stephen Gibbons. Twitter favorites came from A Podcast is Born, Aces and Eights Press, Adam Blackmoon, Adelaide Jerks, who also thanked us for a shout out, Alexander Adrock, Anthony Durso, the Anti-Fascist, Baked English Podcast, Ben Cohen, Brandon Weir, Chris Thompson, Chris William, CJ, Comic Nerds Unite Podcast, The Comic Syndicate, Comics Therapy, Count Druncula, Dan the Wham Cole, David Golding Artist, David Pung, Dead Vinyl, Dead Man Cast, Eel Perrin, Ed Moore at Teal Productions, Eternal Rage, Floto Span, Fantastiverse, Future Primitive, Josh George, Julian Hanshaw, Cat McDonald, Keith G. Baker, Legion Bloggers, Longbox Graveyard, Lord Horstocles at Comical Podcast, Luke Dobb, Hashtag Marvelous at DJ Dub Floyd, Madman Comic Lord, Mystery Vlog, Oscar Olalde, Outside Longbox, Perfect Chaos, Phil Leg 22, Randy Micah Smith, Retro Junkies, Robert Patrick K, Run With Comics, Sarah Smash Cosplay, Sean Riaz, Siskoid, Sleepy Reader, Small Time, Story Breakers, Superboy at a Living Weapon, Sin, Tawala Sharp, Tim Van Otrieve, and the Top 5 Road Crew. Retweets came from the Aces and Aids Press, Adam Blackmoon, who added us under hashtag Sunday Comics, hashtag Tuesday Titans, hashtag Wednesday Warriors, and hashtag Fry Comics. I feel like Days of the Week Underwear. Professor Alan Middleton, Ange, The Anti-Fascist, Baked English, Between the Pages, Chris Michael, at Myth Making, etc., Chris Thompson, at Pop Culture Hound, CJ, The Comic Syndicate, Dan Butcher at Vanguard Comic, Dead Vinyl, DMT at Dead Man Cast, Eternal Rage, Fantastiverse, Firestorm Fan, Future Primitive, Guano Man, Josias Arbelo, Keith G. Baker, Keith Mason, Hashtag Marvelous at EJ Dub Floyd, 
Mystery Vlog, Outside Longbox, Randy Micah Smith, who added, as always, more than happy to help, Simon Donovan at Time Burglar 1, Sin at Alias Scarecrow, Tuala Sharp, and the Top 5 Road Crew. The Marvel Superheroes podcast is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by Marvel Entertainment. All characters mentioned and audio clips employed are believed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended against their copyright holders. The views expressed in this podcast are assumed legitimate, truthful, and solely possessed by the speaker. Do it again. Spotlight. Do it again. No, this is, I'm telling you, this is your podcast. No. Yes. Why? Why? Our, it is, please. It's our, our podcast. podcast. It's our podcast. You've got the My podcast, my podcast sucks. My no, podcast it does not is, suck. is lame. It's no. So you tried to say that because the Marvel SHP podcast is different than the Idol Head of Diablo podcast. So that means that this is all of our podcasts and that's yours. And that's bullshit. I told you it's because you have range. You're able to do both. You can do serious and you can do slapstick podcasts, whatever ours is. I'm the straight well, podcast. One setting and it's fuck you. Fuck yeah! That's our only setting. <laughs> but we need we're that. guest stars. The podcasting world needs that. We need the setting of fuck you. Guys like me are a dime a dozen. There are plenty of guys out there yeah, that can talk boring. Uh, you should take your job, motherfucker. That's not no self-esteem I keep telling you about, man. It's our podcast. I don't. I do, I cannot do this podcast without you guys. Okay. It's just simple as that. It wouldn't work. It doesn't. It just wouldn't work. Right, but this is. But that's like, look, this is your podcast. You're Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, well, you know, I got you. George. George. You need Kramer and and George Costanza. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Because Seinfeld is the worst part of Seinfeld. No, but you can't have. But it's his show. Honestly, I think you could take Seinfeld out of Seinfeld and you'd still have a good show. No, you could not. You need everybody but I'm else. Straight guy. We've about yeah. yeah. You know what? George could be no, the no, straight no. guy. You are, you're the, the sun in our revolving universe. You keep it steady and straight. Right. Me, me and Mac here, we're all over the fucking place. <laughs> but that's good. Like, it's entertaining. Uh, Jupiter and Uranus. It's just like on my way. On my way. On my way over here, I didn't feel like trying to hook up my tablet to my car's radio. Um, because it was all, huh? First world problem. Right, right, don't get it. <laughs> Shout out to the four kids in Sri Lanka listening to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that uh, we get a lot of penetration in that market. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> the, the, the white male couldn't get his iPad hooked up to his car stereo on the way over here. Damn you! No! The horror! Oh, God's curse me. So anyway, it was raining and I didn't want to unpack my connections with my tablet. So anyway... So I was trying to find something to listen to, and all my USB shit's all cluttered up with podcast shit now. So I'm like, fuck, man, I don't want to listen to mo- any more podcast shit. I'm about to go record podcast shit and time and stuff. And then I found the Patsy Walker episode. Who are you two? Ah, oh, the and one just, we fought. And I'm just listening to it, and it's like, okay, well, this one I can listen to. This I can jam on the way over to Max Place. So, because yeah, that's the one that entertains me the most still. No, see, what I do is I play the Islehead of Diablo podcast backwards. And there's all kinds of satanic shit coming out of that. Yeah. Don't I got the messages you're sending? Sacrifice them all. <laughs> Their blood is good. By 1957, John Jones made his first appearance. Surgery. <laughs> Eat your family and risk. Yeah, I'm risking. <laughs> we pray to the dark gods. Uh, he, uh, his first appearance happened five years after Mr. Takitani and uh Cloud <laughs> <laughs> like was going to come back. Uh, the <laughs> <this. laughs> Here, I'll see, I'll the the back fires <laughs> My arms spin backwards. Where am I oh. All of a sudden, you see portals from hell opening up in the background. Uh, he has a similar costume to Carter, what John Carter of Mars. And hey, I got a letter on response to that particular comment. What? 
Guy's like, I've been reading Marshmallow comics for 50 years. I never caught that. Wow, really? Shit. Okay, cool. Caught what? The the Marshmallow's costume is basically the same as John Carter's from the Edgar Rice Burroughs books from the 20s. He's got the X across his chest. The bandolier oh. with the, yeah. yeah. And they're both from Mars. And that's how interesting that is. See, he, he's, he's on our podcast and he's already tuned out of it. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I'm saying. Mr. Mr. Fixit could never listen to the Island of Pot. They're your podcast. He would be bored shitless. You would be bored shitless listening to that podcast. If we did, okay, we did one podcast without you, and granted, we did it behind your back, kind of like as a goof. And it was terrible. No, it was so hard. It was so much better. Actually, it was so fucking hard for me. this conversation. How long were we here to do that one little podcast? I don't know. I don't know. Dude, we could not function, dude. When you have two assholes. It's good. It's fine. You need you need you need the. Uh, I, I've been listening to a lot of the old episodes because to work on like annuals and shit. And the worst ones are the ones where we're talking about like current events, like the convention ones, and the you know that shit's current fucking convention. boring. Um, but yours, no, you're, you're, there's nothing wrong with yours, Mike. Nah, trust me, dude. We we know. Oh, well, I, I listened to it recently. I had to listen to it because yeah. the, the majority of that podcast is in the annual, so I listened to it. It, it sounded great. Ah, anyway. 